Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tullis, founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Opus, season seven still. It's a bonus episode. I'm your host, Andy Bothwell, and uh, for each season of the Opus, I do a lot of interviews, some of which can be up to two hours long, and I have to wade through all that audio, but you know, I can really only ever pull one, two, maybe three quotes per interview, so naturally, good stuff gets left behind. It started to feel like a shame that those stories would go to waste just sitting on my hard drive, so we decided to put out these bonus episodes of each season. And even though these clips didn't find a spot on an actual episode, they feel way too good to keep to ourselves. So I got three great little stories for you today. One funny one, one kind of magical one, and one that we'll start with here that doesn't really have much to do with Bridge Over Troubled Water at all, but I think it has to be heard. See, Simon and Garfunkel, they've been covered hundreds and thousands of times over the years. And one of the most famous if not the most famous cover of Simon and Garfunkel, is done by the heavy metal band Disturbed. Their version of Sound of Silence actually has more plays on Spotify right now than the original version. Now, if you don't know who Disturbed is, actually, you know who Disturbed is. You just haven't connected the dots yet. You know the song Down With The Sickness. You probably know their cover of Sound of Silence because it has 376 million plays on Spotify alone. So in fact, I'm certain most of you have heard it. I got to talk with David Draymond, the lead singer of Disturbed, about Simon and Garfunkel, and he broke down the entire story of that cover for me. And I have to say, it is surprisingly moving. And I think out of everyone in the world, no one is more surprised by the success of that cover than Draymond himself. Truth be told is it came about at the end of a day of my tracking already. I had already tracked two other songs in completion. I was in no mood or really level of strength to be honest to to track at that point so i had finished the day and i had packed myself a nice big fat bowl and burned through it and <laughs> was feeling all nice and comfortable and figuring like i was just gonna go and crash it was at that point that kevin our producer he had come up with a piano line that you hear that intros the song and i heard it and i was immediately very taken by it and he's, you know, he saw my eyes light up and he's, Kevin said to me, you want to go, you want to go on the vocal booth? I'm like, dude, I tracked two songs today. I just got high. I'm like, I, I can't track now. <laughs> and he's like, why not give it a try? And, you know, he's like, we don't know what we're doing. It'll, it'll probably help, you know? So 
Thus began the longest vocal recording session of my career. Not because things were inaccurate or anything. It was simply because we literally didn't know how we were going to approach it vocally. So the improvisation involved was intense. And there were so many different variations of approach. You know, experimentation with pitch and octave placement and everything you could possibly imagine. Uh, Cadence differences, so much so that, like I said, it was three hours worth of recording. And it took him two days to to comb through. For those who don't make records, uh, some songs, you just nail the parts. They turn the mics on, you step into the vocal booth, and you sing it from start to end, and it's done. But I think it's safe to say that for most modern musicians, that's pretty rare. Oftentimes, you're writing music or vocal melodies that you may not be able to perform yet. Writing and recording happens at the same time. And so practice, counterintuitive as it may seem, tends to come after you've recorded the album. So the producer and engineer is left to make a comp, a composite. They take all of the audio, all of the takes that you've done, they find the best parts, and through the magic of digital recording, they comp them together to make that final song. This is one of the many reasons why great producers and engineers are so sought after and so valuable in modern music, because they really get their hands in shaping the way a song comes out. So, after two days of listening and editing and comping, The producer feels like he's got a final version, and he brings David back into the studio to have a listen. And I didn't even know what the heck it was going to sound like, to be honest. I had no clue. And he he had pieced pieces of each take that he liked together, made a real comp of it. You know what I mean? And I sat behind that board, and I let the thing play through three times before I turned around and said anything to him. And he was getting really nervous. Uh, He thought I didn't like it or was nitpicking, but I didn't give him any reaction three plays in. And the truth was, you know, and being honest here, is that I couldn't contain my emotion listening to it. I I hadn't heard my voice recorded that way since I was a young boy. And to hear it come across the way that it did as powerfully as it did, and for it to make me feel the way that it did, it was pretty overwhelming. And uh, you know, I, I, I turned around and I'm literally like Niagara Falls. You know, and, and he's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm I'm blown away here. You know, I, I, I can't." You know, it was just an incredible, incredible experience. The whole thing. That's fantastic. And then you know, to later down the line to have. After the performance on Conan, when we had the opportunity to play it with a live orchestra, which was intimidating in and of itself, um, let alone being in, on camera and being broadcast, I don't know how many million people. It's just, you know, after that performance, which, mind you, I was sick as a dog and, you know, was on prednisone to try and get the swelling down from a really, really bad upper respiratory infection. And it was just, I was a fucking mess. <laughs> Pasting in the dressing room, trying to get ready, wondering how the hell am I going to pull this off? Yeah. And, you know, just sucked it up and cleared my throat as best as I could and drank my, you know, 
my 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 room temperature tea and mm-hmm. head out there and 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 just gave it what I could and didn't even know how it came off you know except that everybody had this look on their face you know and and it was a good one so I'm like okay if they're giving me that look it must have been good I should just relax let me wait to see what the playback is like and literally the entire tour packed on to one of the tour buses one night when they finally were going to rebroadcast the, the Conan performance and we're, you know, we're watching it and, 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 and it finally gets to the song and I'm waiting the entire song for there to be something that really makes me cringe. And thankfully there's nothing. And I'm digging it more and more as it develops to the point of the crescendo and literally the entire bus erupted in applause. <laughs> all our crew, all our band, you know, band members like patting me on the back, kissing me on the head. Like, Oh dude, it was a moment. It was a moment. God, I just love that image. That image of a tour bus full of metal dudes crowded around a little TV, just erupting in cheers and hugs and celebration at the crescendo of their performance of sound of silence. It's just, it's beautiful. You know, as music fans, we generally only see the sort of, you know, packaged, polished parts of an artist. And we don't realize is that for most of them, you know, for most of the artists that I know and talk to, they're all still somewhat amazed at their success. A lot of artists, no matter how big they are, are still somewhat surprised as to where their life has led them. And for as moving as it was for David to hear the recording of Sound of Silence, and for the triumph that it was for Disturbed to nail their performance on Conan, their cover had one more surprise in store for them. And then to add to that, to have Paul reach out to me afterwards, which he did. Because it's one thing to just listen to the cover as it's recorded on the record. It's another thing to see it and hear it being performed live and knowing that the artist can actually execute it. And, and, and I think that that really impressed Paul. You know, he reached out to me and, and, and said how blown away he was and that, you know, he, he loved it and he put it on his own social media. We've been in touch ever since. I love that. You know, even rock stars that people admire have rock stars they admire. How excited he was for Paul Simon to put his cover on his own social media. This was very cool to me. And it's a real testament to Simon and Garfunkel, I think, that the lead singer of this wildly successful, super, super heavy, heavy metal band <laughs> could be so excited and, and moved by getting the seal of approval from a you know, then middle-aged um, folk singer. That's power, man. The wonderful thing about Simon and Garfunkel's individual vocal tones is how beautifully they blended together, you know, and the purity of the resonance of those vocal melodies and how hard they immediately hooked you just on a very pure level. And, um, I, I, I think that, you know, you're talking about in, in, in songwriters go, the strongest in the history of writing songs. <laughs> yeah, you know, the intimidation factor can't be overestimated. 
really can't. And to, to know that you got the man's blessing is such a huge gratification. I, I can't even express to you. It, it, it means more to me than a Grammy. It means more to me than, you know, any award you could possibly throw at me. I, I, huge. Here is my song for the asking Ask me and I will play So sweetly I'll make you smile This is my tune for the taking Take it, don't turn away I've been waiting all my life. That was David Draymond of Disturbed. If you actually haven't heard their cover of Santa Silence, you should go check out the performance from Conan. See if you can spot the part where they probably all went nuts on the tour bus. It is epic. Our next story is from C.J. Camareri from Why Music. You may remember him from the third episode of the season, talking about working on Paul's last two solo albums. He also toured with Paul Simon on the Farewell Tour and witnessed a really strange and magical moment during his stop in California. We closed almost every show with the boxer, and I get to close up with solo at the end. And that was, that was always, you know, incredible. And he found out Muhammad Ali died. We were playing at the Greek Theater in Berkeley. He found out right before we did that song and uh, announced it right before the third verse. Wow. And that was kind of like some, one of the more amazing to the crowd. Nobody, you know, nobody had been looking at their phones. Nobody knew. That was one of the more oh, incredible, wow. incredible memories I'll have. How did he find out you guys went off stage after the set? We went off stage. Exactly. For like a last little encore. Somebody talk, whispered it to him. They're like, hey, if you do the boxer, we should know. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. And it was, it was really, it was really powerful. Um, to, you know, to also to see that many people like realize, Oh my God, that's, you know, really wild. Well, to, to think too, that like that, that a bunch of people found out Muhammad Ali died from Paul Simon is like also just like the, what a surreal right before the third verse of the boxer. Yeah. Like what an insane, like confluence of American pop culture all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Especially on that tour. That's like, a it's a very emotional thing for people. People are going there, they're going to church, you know, like one last time to see, you know, to see this Pope before he retires. And, you know, that's so special just in and of itself for, for people. But then to have that experience on top of it, where you've come to witness and pay homage to this great cultural icon, you know, one last time, and then have him personally tell you about the passing of this other great cultural icon, it's really surreal. It's really, really 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 wild I am just a poor boy though my story is seldom told I have squandered my resistance for a pocket full of mumbles such are promises all lies and jest still a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest That was C.J. Camareri of Y Music. If you weren't lucky enough to see them perform on Paul Simon's Farewell Tour, you should definitely check out their performance together from SNL in 2018. 
they do some fantastic reinventions of classic Paul Simon and Simon and Garfunkel songs. And it's cool. You can tell how much fun Paul is having up there. But now we come to our last story, the bonus episode of the Opus. And I have to say, <laughs> we may have saved the best for last. For this, my friends, is a true tale of Harmar Superstar and how his cover of Bridge Over Troubled Water got him banned forever from the Steele County Fair in Awatona, Minnesota. I was kind of just obsessed with performance as a kid. And when I was, you know, 12 or 13, I, you know, I had these records in in my arsenal <laughs> that I knew all the words to. So I would do these over-the-top performances at the Steel County Free Fair in Owatonna, Minnesota. They had a teen stage where kids would be doing their their, their family bands and, and dance performances and things. And there was a karaoke section of of the of the day. And you know, I think I started out kind of you know building up my my repertoire. Um, this is really like the early early uh, Harmar performances. I feel like were birthed here. I think it's important to interrupt at this point and explain for those who don't know who Harmar Superstar is. <laughs> How to explain Harmar? Sean Tillman, also known as Harmar Superstar, has uh, one of the most incredible voices I have ever heard. It's pure. It's soulful. It's there's notes of uh, like young Michael Jackson. It's a really incredible voice, and I think it's fair to say that it does not in any way match his physical appearance. It's, in fact, a totally incongruent experience to hear that voice come out of Sean, Harmar Superstar. And he's not just this incredible voice. Harmar, Sean Tillman, is a fantastic songwriter and one of the greatest live performers I've ever seen. He started his career just playing shows with a CD player and a microphone. These incredible, physical, over-the-top shows that often have him ending up on stage just in his underwear. (laughs) And since then, he's toured with every band you love because every band loves him. And now he tours with a full band of soul musicians backing him up, putting on this fantastic soul show, which still sometimes ends with him in his underwear. All of this is important to know because I think it will help those that don't know the legend that is Harmar Superstar understand exactly where this story comes from. You know, I did uh, the Bee Gees, How Deep Is Your Love, you know, and kind of getting in the crowd and hamming it up, singing to people much younger than me that were just like eating a hot dog in the crowd, very nonplussed. And, you know, I just, I kept having to feed this attention monster with inside of me that, that just was ever growing from just the beginning. And so, you know, I signed up to do Bridge Over Troubled Water, but I did a very X-rated version of this karaoke performance. And so I got up there and, you know, I'm, I'm really embarrassed about the lyrics at this point. <laughs> and what uh, were the lyrics? It's not that bad. It's just so dumb. It's so sophomoric. I, I changed the lyrics to Bitch Over Troubled Jism, and I was just very immediately <laughs> shut down. But that's it, it was amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, they so let it go. Oh, stupid. Couple, it's really good. Things. Yeah, it's really dumb. <laughs> how, far, how far into it did you get? I think I got to chorus two. I think, like, about the time 
maybe sale on silver girl came by because i was very aware of like the heroin kind of overtones too so i was playing that up and kind of like oh you know God. taking off my shirt and wrapping it around my arm like i was about to shoot up as well so there was like a lot a lot going on there uh, did they like <laughs> physically yank you off the stage or just like kill the mics yeah, the mic was taken because <laughs> I was really promoting myself at these things. You know, I was like going around the fair, like I'm performing on the karaoke stage at 3:15. You got to get over there, and so I'd like get these crowds of hundreds of my friends and all of the whole school gathered up to see what I had in store. So I just had to make the performance bigger and bigger each time at the expense of the genius songwriting of Bridge Over Troubled Water. So. Uh, apologies to Simon and Garfunkel for uh, <laughs> sullying your name. <laughs> As a semi-official representative of Simon Garfunkel and Sony Legacy Recordings, uh, apology accepted. <laughs> well, thank you very much. That puts uh, a lot of my feelings in. Yeah, <laughs> this is good. This is a moment of healing. Uh... <laughs> So, dumb. so what was the result or repercussions from all of this? Banned from the stage for the rest of the fair, and if not, like for the rest of my life. <laughs> After doing my my interpretation, my Weird Al, very blue version of Bridge Over Troubled Water. So I always have a soft spot in my heart where uh, Simon Garfunkel took me over the top in my uh, in my path to becoming Harmer Superstar. <laughs> I think it's probably the only the only moment in time where uh, Simon and Garfunkel led to a banning of anything. <laughs> exactly. I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think their themes really got them banned from any situations. Uh, so only, only Harmar <laughs> Superstar could turn a Simon and Garfunkel song into something X-rated. Yeah, a fledgling preteen Harmar Superstar. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Sean Tillman, a.k.a. Harmar Superstar. If you ever get a chance to see Harmar live, see Harmar live. He's also got another great band called Heartbones that's out on tour right now. Um, do yourself a favor. Just at some point in your life, see Harmar live. I want to thank my guests, uh, David Draymond of Disturbed, uh, CJK Marie of Y Music, and of course, Sean Tillman, Harmar Superstar, for <laughs> letting me use these stories on this bonus episode. This is now officially the end of Season 7, Simon and Garfunkel. And we have Season 8 coming up in a few weeks, and I'm really excited to announce that that is going to be Bitches Brew by Miles Davis. Yeah, man. That's going to be a good one. So, uh, be sure to like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your mailman about the Opus. Um, all of that stuff helps and goes a long way. If you haven't listened to Bridge Over Trouble Water yet, I don't know what your problem is. 
uh, go listen to Bridge Over Trouble Water. And if you're just joining us on this season and you haven't listened to the season about London Calling by The Clash or uh, Blizzard of Oz by Ozzy Osbourne or Redhead Stranger by Willie Nelson, go and take a listen to those too because I'm proud of all of those. But that is all for now. So thanks for listening, y'all. For Sony Legacy Recordings and Consequence of Sound, I'm your host, Andy Bothwell, and this is The Opus. Consequence Podcast Network. My number one album, big shocker to me, also folklore. Whoa. Are you ready to dive into all things Taylor Swift? Good for a Weekend is the ultimate podcast for any Swiftie. With new episodes dropping bi-monthly, as well as bonus episodes to give you real-time reactions to the latest rumors and news, it's your one-stop shop for all things T-Swift. We also love connecting with our fellow Weekenders, so be sure to connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and or Discord to share all your Taylor thoughts. Good for a Weekend is available wherever you get your podcasts. I know. Folklore just is that. Like, it's a perfect album.